0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. He spent his life. Loving. He spent his life including, he spent his life forgiving, offering mercy, offering love, offering a vision of the world that was more complete. He spent his life not intending to make enemies or people mad. But yet his way of living and his way of loving incensed people. It ruffled feathers. It made people angry. So often through the church year, we tell the stories of Jesus, these amazing stories of how he would feed crowds of people. About, he, how, about how he could give sight back to the blind, about how he could raise the dead, about how through a word he could send a woman at a well away with new hope for her life. We tell these stories of Jesus that inspire us and comfort us and speak to the very depths of our being. And at times when we focus on this Jesus whom we love, we wonder, How and why could he be crucified? The one who lived and loved in such a way that inspires us to this very day. How and why was he crucified? The end of this story in John's gospel is brutal. Jesus is drugged before the authorities. He's beaten. He's mocked. He's spat upon. He's nailed to a tree. The one who was the embodiment of God's love, God's very self, humanity killed, crushed, Through in a tomb. Can you imagine in these moments Jesus standing before Pilate, the weight and the anxiety and the inner turmoil that he must have felt? John's gospel, it reads uh, so clearly. It seems as if Jesus is unshaken in John. He doesn't return words to Pilate, he doesn't seek to defend himself. He doesn't try to explain away his ministry, where he is from, what he has come to do. He stands there firm in his resolve. But I wonder if internally Jesus was shaking. I wonder if internally here in John, Jesus was weeping. I wonder if his inner dialogue was something like this. I poured out my life. I gave all that I had. I fed everyone I could. I tried to make as many towns and villages as possible. I kept believing in those disciples even when they didn't get it. I tried to just bring a word from God to the religious authorities and yet hear I am moments away from being crushed. Think about it for a moment. The story of Jesus goes from the one who lived and loved radically. That one, it moves from a Jesus who fed 5,000 people in one part of the story, to now a Jesus who's hanging on a tree, dying of thirst. It goes from a Jesus who had crowds around Him who were hanging on His every word, to days and weeks later where He would hang on a tree. He went from being the highly favored one, Hosanna, Hosanna, where crowds tried to reach out and just touch the hem of his garment to now being the forsaken one. How does that happen? How does that happen when you live your life in such a way that tries to embody love for all people? It happens because when Jesus embodies love, he embodies the love of God that is not afraid to speak truth to power. Jesus embodies a type of love that is not consumed with butterflies and little hearts. It's not a saccharine love. It's a deep, abiding Crimson red type of love. It's a love that's not afraid to throw over a table in a temple because the religious authorities are perverting God's word to make a profit and they lost sight that God cares most about people. It's a type of love that is not afraid to speak truth to an occupied army and an empire that is crushing everyday people. It's a type of love that is not afraid to tell people that you've misinterpreted God's Word and God's ways. You've made it more about ritual than you have people. It's a type of love that incites anger in those who want to hold on to power who want to continue to exclude some and favor others. It's a type of love that would make people angry. It's a type of love that would stoke the flames of a mob. And yet, through it all, Jesus continued to choose love. The forgiving love, the grace-filled love, the love that would look at those very people that were spitting in His face and striking Him on the cheek with eyes of mercy and forgiveness for Father, they have no idea what they are doing. It's the type of love that would not discount the disciples who fled from His side at His darkest hour, but the type of love that would seek them out as the very first act of the resurrection. It's a type of love that is radical and abundant and never runs out. What does the cross mean for us? This primary symbol of our faith that on this night, on Good Friday, we remember as Jesus stood before Pilate when he speaks these words, all who listen to my voice know the truth. And the truth is this if my kingdom were of this world, then my disciples would be fighting to have me handed over to you. But my kingdom is not of this world. In other words, Jesus is saying, My kingdom will be defined by nothing but love. I will not sit on a throne because I resort to violence. Rather, I will continue to love and forgive and to pour out my life all the way to the end. All the way. And so there Jesus was, bruised and beaten and afflicted. And yet in his last breath, he exhales love. Love for you and love for me. Love for the centurion. Love for the chief priests. Love for the disciples who have long run away. Love for his mother. Love for his sisters. Love for his brothers. Love for all of humanity. And in so doing, Jesus transforms a symbol of execution and death, a symbol of power into a symbol of humility, sacrifice, and love. What Jesus has always done is turn the world upside down. The other thing that my mind is drawn to this Good Friday is how the cross of Jesus is deeply connected to the stories that we told this Lent. This Lent here at Prince of Peace, we focused on the temptations that Jesus faced at the very beginning of his ministry as the Spirit drove him out into the wilderness. As he was tested, those those temptations were a foreshadowing of what would come at the cross. Tempted with appetite, ambition, and approval. Jesus resists early in his ministry only to thirst on a cross, to be stripped of all social, religious, political dignity, to not win people's favor and approval, but rather to be mocked and made fun of. Because Jesus knew that his life's work was to show a hurting and a broken humanity that love and life win. Love and life, no matter the cost, win. Love and life, no matter the expectations others put on you, no matter how dark it might seem, love and life win. Because we know how the rest of the story goes, don't we? On the third day, God would raise Jesus from the tomb to show us in humanity once and for all that mercy, forgiveness, sacrifice, love, and never giving up on anyone is the only pathway to true, real, abundant life. And so on Good Friday, what can we say as God's people other than thanks be to God for you, Jesus, for staying true to your mission, for not sacrificing God's mission for your own gain. Thank you, Jesus, for your love poured out for all people of all time, of all places, including me, a humble and lowly sinner. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.